Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Safety brief. The reading from this morning's scripture contains language that has a history of abuse. Psalm 36, verse 5 through 10. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your salvation to the upright of heart. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. If a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not such a land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, says the Lord? Look up to the bare heights and see. Where have you not been lain with? By the waysides you have sat waiting for lovers like a nomad in the wilderness. You have polluted the land with your whoring and wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come. Yet you have the forehead of a whore. You refuse to be ashamed. Have you not just now called to me? My father, you are the friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? This is how you have spoken. But you have done all the evil that you could. Acts chapter 8 verses 18 through 24. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because we thought you could obtain God's gift with money. You have no part or share in this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Here ends the reading. There is some real comfortable shit in the reading this morning. Um, You'll notice I uh, provided a safety brief to alert um, anyone who might be particularly affected by um, the use of language um, that has historically been used to shame women who, um, women in particular, I don't know of it being used to describe men, um, who are seen as being um, not just um, promiscuous, but morally 
um, compromised or impure something. Um, and I don't choose the RCL readings. Uh, in fact, the New Revised Standard Version, which is what I typically read from, um, is known in scholarly circles as being pretty even-handed. Um, when it can, it uses gender-neutral stuff, um, which I think is helpful because it's really dangerous to um, ascribe to um, God uh, a gender, but that's a whole other issue. Speaking of gender, however, um, in the reading from Jeremiah, um, where a lot of this language takes place, um, the problem is that God's people, um, who are you know, there a number of people and tribes, and they are referred to singularly as Israel. Um, they haven't been keeping their side of the promise. They haven't been faithful to God, and God is jealous. Frankly, God gets pissed. Um, it makes me think of the the figure that you hear of in Cadence every morning, which is all too often true. Um, and civilians who are listening won't understand, but I'll explain it. Um, uh, Israel's founded Jody. Like, Israel, through uh, the prophets in particular, uh, point out those times which Israel, uh, when Israel is being unfaithful, when Israel is finding other lovers. Um, and it's kind of weird to hear this sexualized language around God and how and the way that God interacts with humanity, um, with social groups. But I mean, that's really what's on the table is this vulnerable intimacy. Um, God doesn't get all vulnerable and, and um, lovey-dovey with everybody. He does it with Israel. And Israel is lovey-dovey back with God. And you'll you hear Jeremiah referring to it. Haven't you just called to me, Daddy, Daddy, you're, you were my f- friend when I was young. You won't be angry forever and, and be indignant to the end. So even as Israel is calling out to God, they're still being unfaithful. They're still sacrificing to other gods. They're still doing things that are wrong um, that God has warned them will injure their relationship. Um, and so Israel is being a Jody. Israel is, is cheating on God. Um, and God, through the prophets, uses this very clear and um, very vulnerable, very angry language um, to address um, God's partner. Um, I, I don't know why it reminded me of the scene from Jarhead um, where this guy gets a videotape from uh, his... Uh, his wife and it's a sex tape with his wife and like a neighbor and that seems fucked up um but it i mean other vets can attest to this this really happens like there's a lot of emotions that run high in the military um it's difficult being away from one another for months at a time um and if left unresolved or or if the relationship isn't relatively solid Things go south and people get catty. Um, And one of the things I frankly appreciate about the Hebrew Bible is that it's very clear God is, God can go there. 
I mean, God will clap back like a motherfucker. Um, and a, a number of modern contemporary interpretations um, shy away from saying that God has feelings. But God does. Um, God gets angry. That's why he destroyed all of the earth in the flood. And he says he won't do it again. And then he kind of does, but not with flood. Um, That was the promise uh, uh, to Noah, that he would never do it by water again. Um, But God has mood swings, and it's okay for um, veterans and soldiers to have mood swings. But if those mood swings push us to do things that we'll regret, that hurt other people, our partners, our siblings, our loved ones, our friends, um, then there is something there's something that has gone wrong. Um, and so the, the language is harsh. The language is difficult to hear. It's difficult to read. Um, and it, it's kind of awkward to see it. Um, and if God is our parent, um, if you can imagine a perfect parent, that perfect parent is not unemotional. That perfect parent is emotional, but they're mature and responsible and they take responsibility for what they've done. And they expect us to do the same. God expects us to take responsibility for what we've done wrong. Um, and God expects us to not act purely on emotion. Um, or maybe that's not fair. I think God expects us, and I think we should expect from one another, that when we act emotionally, um, if we do things that hurt ourselves or hurt others, that we'll take responsibility for it. And the Christian language is repent, but it's, you know, that, that means literally turning, turning away. Just stop doing it. Stop hurting people for the sake of hurting them. Take responsibility. It's okay to have these emotions. It's okay to be angry. It's, o- it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, but when it's not okay is when um, we fail to, to take stock um, when we fail to um, be responsible for what we've done and seek to to write what it is that's in our heart um, and be and be reconciled. That missing letter, a poem by Sergeant Robert Harder. I live the loneliest hours for a bit of word from you, a written little plaque to pin my memories to. And when in anxious waiting, again I fail from you to hear, my hopes are dusted in the wind, faith is shattered, and I fear. But when that long-awaited word comes furtively through the mail, sweet memories again awake my soul, once more my dreams set sail. It isn't what you say, my dear, that makes me feel so much alive. For rather any word from you can happiness contrive. But today your note was steeped in confidence, wonderful dreams we must yet fulfill. At last it brought me reassurance that you are waiting still. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, 
You can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for pew pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.